Your attention, please. please. Listening to the AMPM podcast may cause recurring revenue streams and unfair, unfair advantages over your competitors. Other side effects may include better wallets, fired bosses, and longer vacations. Listen at your own risk. Here's your host, seven-figure entrepreneur and online marketing madman, Manny Coates. Manny Coates. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AMPM podcast. My name is Manny Coates, and I will be your host, and this is the show where we discuss all things Amazon Private Label and how to generate recurring revenue streams 24 hours per day during the AM and the PM, hence the name of the show. Get it? AM, PM, podcast. As a matter of fact, I just had a big debate with Guillermo over which is better, the PC or the Mac? And while we were debating, I was making money. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody. I am here with Greg Alper. Greg, how are you doing? Awesome. Glad to have you on the show. Greg, you're from Delray Beach, Florida, and you started doing private label back in 2009 for my notes here. And that was traditional e-commerce. But you started on Amazon in 2016, and your last month, correct me if I'm wrong, was your best month so far. You hit $73,000 in sales? That is correct. And I actually had a number of uh, ASINs that were out of stock that month as well. You stocked out. How many total ASINs do you have that make up that number? Right now, uh, I'm, I have 45, uh, but at any given time, I'm, I'm still battling stock outs and I may have between six to 10 out of stock at any given time. Six to 10. Okay. Were the ones that were out of stock some of your best sellers? Uh, no. Okay. All right, so I, I, learned, I, I learned that lesson early on. Cool. So, well, that's pretty impressive. So basically, what month in 2016? Uh, I started in May. In May. Uh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So just over a year, essentially, since you've been yes. doing that. All right, cool. What made you decide to uh, jump into this business? Um, I had... Uh, left another company I had worked with since 2008 um, and I was looking for something to do. Uh, the other company was traditional e-commerce and that's how I got started in private label. Uh, and I was at a retail convention about two years ago and one of the speakers opened up with 45% of new purchases online start with a search on Amazon. Yeah, that's and crazy, right? Yeah, that number's dated now too. I think it's in the 60 to 70% range now. Right. Okay. And so let me go back to that number, 73,000 in sales in a single month. What would be your profit margin on that after all expenses, including advertising costs, typical refunds, Amazon fees, things like that? After all of that, and I also factor in uh, any tools I use, such as Helium 10 or forecasting tools, stuff like that, I sit at between 30 to 32%. Wow. Okay. That's really good. All right. Yeah. What, uh, do you mind saying what category you're in? Uh, I, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> no worries. Are you selling in the U.S. only or are you selling in various countries? It's U.S. only. U.S. Um, only. Okay. I mean, I have some listings in Canada, but you're talking like maybe five, six hundred bucks a month. It's it's nothing. It's small, right? What would be, are you planning to get into other countries? Uh, I, I am. Uh, it's just, I, I want to not have any stock outs in the U.S. before I throw in the complication of sending stuff to uh, to FBA Canada and FBA Europe and stuff like that. So it's a, a scaling thing? Would it be, is it a, uh, a money thing, essentially? No, it's, it's not a money thing. It's just one of those things where I, I feel that FBA is just too good to be true. And I don't want to go dump 
hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in inventory and be stuck with it. Um, as in an account gets closed down or Amazon completely changes the way they do something. Um, so, so that's where that's where I'm at with that. Are you the mindset of you know one account is all you need, or do you believe in having multiple Amazon accounts? Uh, I actually do have two. Uh, okay. There's right. there's two two completely different companies that I run, uh, and they're both uh, private label. Okay. Did you go the, the typical route of just contacting Amazon and saying, "Hey, I've got two separate companies," or, or do you just say, "Hey, you know what? There's totally separate, different computers, different everything. I'm not even going to mention anything." Yeah, so I actually got uh, an email last week from Amazon saying we've identified you have two accounts from your computer and let us know why. Um, I haven't heard anything from them since then. Um, I'm hoping my saving grace is I actually have email correspondence from uh, from someone on uh, – they have these various teams when they're trying to hit a category hard of, and they, they go out and they recruit uh, people that aren't selling on Amazon. Okay. And I have some emails that I exchanged last year when I set this account up and uh, when I set the second account up as well, where the guy's like, okay, that's two separate companies, two separate uh, ownership structures, and you're selling two different, while you're in the same category, you're selling completely different products within the two categories. You need two accounts. Okay. And he set me up with two accounts. Okay. All right. So you're in the same category on both accounts? Yes. Okay. Just different products. All right, that makes sense. So, and did you separate them on purpose for some kind of an exit, or what was the mindset there? Uh, well, I started uh, the the company we're, we're talking about now, which did seventy three thousand in sales uh, last last month. I started that company on my own, um, and then in July of last year, I had talked with a longtime friend. Uh, business associate and he was looking to start up another company um, and okay. I started up that company with him and while it's in the same industry it's completely separate uh, completely different products from what I what I do now uh, and that second company we sell on Amazon but the majority of our sales uh, come from our Shopify store so okay uh, I it's it's uh, it's interesting to see because you have some struggles with the Amazon um, with the solely Amazon company, and then you have some struggles with the uh, with the company that's doing primarily on Shopify. Okay, so one company primarily on Shopify. The other company, what percentage would be Shopify? Uh, about seventy five percent is seventy five to eighty percent is on Shopify, and twenty percent is on Amazon. On the second company, yes, or, or, and then on the other company, almost all of it is Shopify. Uh, no, no, no. So uh, the second company's eighty uh, percent Shopify, twenty percent Amazon, and the other one's pretty much a hundred percent Amazon. I okay. do a little bit on eBay, but eBay's maybe two, three thousand dollars a month if that. Got gotcha. you. All right. Which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the Amazon only, or majority being on Shopify? Um, from a fulfillment standpoint, because for the for the second company that's ran on Shopify, we. Um, my associate has a has a warehouse that um, with 15 employees where they ship customer orders out of. Uh, when it comes to fulfillment, hands down, I mean you can't beat FBA. Yeah. Uh, so if something's if something's damaged in transit or anything like that, they they cover it. Um, but you have you have more freedom with the with the Shopify store. Mm -hmm. uh, you're you're able to track more if you're driving traffic from Facebook. Um, 
which is huge. I mean, with that company, we're spending twenty dollars to $25,000 a month in Facebook ads. Uh, you're able to easily see which ad, what creative is working and what's not working, whereas right. doing it with, with Amazon, you really can't. You can track clicks, and that's about it. Yeah, it's a little bit tougher. Would you say that the advertising is more effective driving to a Shopify store with all the tracking and everything that you can do versus using Amazon's native advertising, sponsored ads, AMS, that kind of stuff? Uh, I would say that, I mean, hands down, the the company that's solely on Amazon now is more profitable. Really? Okay, cool. Um, that's good to know. Yes. Yeah. So now that you have these two companies and you have one that's yours, are you working this business, the new one, alone? Is it just you? Yes. All right. No outsource people, VAs, anything like that? No. And uh, I've looked at what I'm spending my time doing and trying to figure out if I need to hire a VA for the for the Amazon-only company. And uh -huh. there's just nothing I can give to a VA. I it's get maybe, if I get 10 messages in a week from customers, that's a lot. Okay. Got you. How many hours would you say you spend a day on your business now? A day? Yeah. Um probably an hour and a half to two hours. That's it. All right. Yeah. So you get a full eight hours sleep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Some that's nights. Good. Some nights. nights. All right. All right. An hour to two hours, uh, two hours. That's great. I mean, that's what I would like to strive for myself personally. So you're my hero right now. <laughs> I got to get my hours down for sure. Most how, do you, of the time. how do you do it? How do you uh, keep it so low? How do I keep it so low? So, I mean, to start off, I don't really have that many customer emails. Um, like I said, I'll get maybe one, two a day. Um, and then most of my time is spent researching new product. Uh, and then when I bring new product in to, uh, to create the listings, um, to figure out which keywords I'm going to target and, uh, drop them in so I can track the keyword ranks and everything and then set up the PPC campaigns. Okay. Um, that's pretty much where the time is being spent. Okay, pretty simplified, so that's pretty cool. Now, you have a lot of ASINs. You had mentioned just over, what was it, $73,000 in sales, 30% roughly margin, so for a couple hours a day, you're generating just over $20,000 in profit. I think that's massive for a lot of people, like, wow, that's kind of like the dream. How much money did you actually start with? Started with $2,000. 2000 okay. Yeah. And how did you turn 2000 into the empire you're building now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was, I, I started off with about four SKUs and uh, that $2,000. Um, when that was gone, I think the next order I, I placed after that with the supplier was 8000 And then I had a couple orders in there, 15000 16000 in parts. Um, and then at that point, I, I went and started diving into the five, six SKUs that I have right now and trying to see what sells. Um, and how is it selling? And what I found is a lot of the products people were buying in quantities of four, uh, quantities of six. And then I pretty much took those and made variations and offered four packs, six packs, and single packs, depending on the, the ASIN. Uh -huh. uh, and that was able to uh, not only increase sales, uh, but it was able to increase profitability too because the FBA fees are less on the four pack than someone orders four singles. Right. Um, and, that's, then, and that's a really good point, by the way. I'd love for you to expand on that. If somebody's new saying, I don't get it, why why would it be cheaper to have a four pack with four times, you know, the same amount of product that you have 
with four singles. Can you can you explain that to them? Yeah, so uh, most of my ASINs fall in that one pound standard size item range. So you're looking at, I think right now it's $2.99 to fulfill the item. Um, and the item might weigh a pound, but then if you put four of them together, let's say you're at four pounds, Amazon is going to charge you uh, less than four times two ninety nine to fulfill that. It's probably going to be in the five dollar range. Um, so you're you're able to pretty much sell the same product in a four pack, um, and sometimes cut your your FBA fees into a quarter of what they would be. Especially since Amazon changed their FBA fees a couple months ago to that straight pick and pack charge. Uh, that really uh, that kind of impacted me a little bit uh, because to this day, even though I have single and four pack listings, some people will still order four uh, of the single. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense, right? I mean, we do that all the time. It's like, well, you know what? If we have a single unit and it's costing, you know, the total FBA fees are $4 or let's say $5 and we can add another one in there and it only goes up another dollar, Yep. you know, and then we can actually make another 5 or $6 profit on that by adding a second one in there. Why not do it? Why not offer it? Seems smart. Exactly. So I didn't mean to cut you off. You were telling a story there, but I thought that was an important point. Oh, no problem. I'll, uh, I'll go back into. Uh, so um, I, I gradually increased my orders with that supplier and, and right around to the point where I got to pretty much ordering about $15,000 in product from him. Um, I was maybe at six, five, six ASINs. Um, and at that point, I had confidence in this supplier. I had vetted this supplier, trusted him. I said, hey, send me a catalog of everything else you have uh, and send me uh, what, what's popular, what you guys are making a lot of. Uh, and he sent me that catalog. And next thing you know, um, I would order five new, new items, uh, maybe 20 of each, uh, after doing research and all five would be a hit. So I would then place an order of, I don't know, two, 300 units. Um, and then after that order, I would go back and say, okay, give me another 10 items that are hot. I'd go research the 10 items. I have confidence in five of them or six of them. I'd reorder uh, what I've been getting and I'd order 20 to 30 of the, the six that I have confidence in. Um, and what that gradually over time transferred, trans, transformed into 45 ASINs. Uh, and I'm still to this day uh, doing that with the supplier. Uh, except that I've kind of accelerated a, a little bit more now where I'm not buying 20 units from him initially. I might buy 50 to 100 uh, because I have that, that confidence. And at the same time, um, I have that cash flow uh, from the profit that's coming in to, to go out there and experiment with new ASINs. Okay. I mean, what's your largest volume? How many units do you purchase at one time, the biggest one? Uh, a ASIN. Um about a uh, thousand units a thousand units okay so you, you're not ordering it in containers at this point not yet is that right uh no not yet okay are they small items pretty small or are they big they're small um probably about that big okay cool so as you started expanding and doing all this have you had to go out and seek any kind of outside funding at this point or has it all been self-funded uh it's all been self-funded um 
I just, for kicks, like two weeks ago, I just took Amazon's initial $8,000 uh, lending offer. Yeah. Uh, I just took that for kicks just to, to see what they'll offer me next. Um, I'll probably pay that back to them in a month uh, and, and just to build up credit with them. But yeah, uh, other than that, um, I mean, I had uh, I had savings that I was able to uh, to use to scale the company. Okay. Uh, and, so you okay. go ahead. Oh, and uh, I was really fortunate. Um, and this is the the only time in eight years of private label I've actually been able to do this is to get terms with the Chinese supplier. Okay, I right, agree. So the suppliers that you're dealing with are they in the U.S. or are they in China or other places? Uh, they're in China. In China. Okay, great. And I apologize for the sound, guys. We're doing this live, and it looks like construction <laughs> has showed up. We'll try to get through this. Oh, so you said they're all in China right now? Yes. It's uh, three main suppliers I do business with. What are you doing to build a really strong relationship with your suppliers that maybe a lot of new people might not be doing? Um, I guess the one thing that really sticks out is uh, just forming that personal relationship with them. Uh, asking them about this or that in China, depending on whatever their hobbies are. Um, I mean, one of my suppliers is like really big into cars. So when I talk to him about cars, um, I'll talk to him about like what kind of cars you have in China. How much does this car cost? How much does that car cost in China and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of building that rapport and, and that relationship with, with the supplier. Um, and I mean, nothing, nothing's going to build that relationship more than going out there and visiting them, uh, right. which I just got back from uh, visiting my main supplier, which was just unbelievable. What was unbelievable about it? What did you like? Uh, it was my first time to, to, to China. So it was a little bit of a culture shock. I've been to third world countries in Africa, and I was more shocked going to China than I was there. Yeah. Uh, just the food the the culture just just everything in general yeah uh, but seeing uh, I went to several factories and just seeing how much manual work is involved in everything um, it, it was unbelievable and okay. to uh, to have a supplier pretty much pay for everything while you're there was just amazing I, I couldn't believe the guy did that yeah at least the factories that we've dealt with have been just awesome did you learn anything that you weren't expecting while being at the factory itself? Um, yes. Uh, I learned that not every single component in the parts they make. Uh, there are some components that uh, they source from other vendors. Uh, and then there's components they make, and obviously they're doing the final assembly there. Okay. What ended up happening with your relationship? What changes once you go and you visit and you can shake hands and have dinner and a drink with the factory owners, what kind of dynamic changes there based on what you had before you actually went to China? Why is it so valuable? Why is it so valuable? Um, the, I want to say that they're just bending over backwards and doing whatever, whatever they can for me now, uh, to accommodate me from, uh, from stepping up their quality control to increasing the credit terms uh, that they're offering me to just just everything. Um, okay. What kind of credit terms did you have before and what do you have now? 
So um, typically my orders take about 30 days for them to make, which is standard for overseas. Um, so I, I have 25 days from the time they ship the order uh, to pay them. Um, that is actually going to increase to 45 days. Okay. Do you have to put a deposit down initially? No. 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 Okay. How did you negotiate that? I'm very curious. Uh, it, w it was it was a slow uh, it was a slow game. Um, I started and obviously initially I was doing the whole 30% down when I placed the order and then 70% when it ships. Um, and then I eventually got him to take nothing down and then I was doing 100% when it ships. Um, and then from there, I, I worked at that level for a little bit while the order scaled up. Uh, and I told him it was it was really it was hurting my business that um, having to wait, um, having to to sit on that money essentially and wait for the items to arrive and then to sell. Um, that I would be able to give you more business, and both of our businesses would grow a lot faster if you could provide me with. 30 days is what I shot for at first, 30 days from time of shipment. Um, and he came back to me and said, we can give you 25. Okay. So basically, are you shipping it by sea or by air? Uh, a mix. I just, mix. I, I do a couple ocean freight shipments and I'm still doing air, but when you get those $4,500 air freight bills, it's not a good feeling. Yeah. Okay. So essentially by the time it gets here, if you're doing it by sea, that's at about the time when you're paying for the invoice. So you've got a little bit of a leeway if it takes roughly, you know, three, four weeks for it to get here. Is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's it's 12 days, about 12 to 14 to California. And then uh, unfortunately, all my stuff's got to go to an East Coast Amazon warehouse. Okay. So yeah. it's trucked across. Okay. Wow. That's some. That's a really cool negotiation that you worked out with them. So many people are, including myself, I haven't gotten to the point where I get, you know, terms after everything arrives here. Maybe they're just... I don't know. I think meeting them in person face to face really does have massive value. And I've, I've heard that so many times. So that's fantastic. I've been asking a lot of questions and I kind of want to jump all over the place because I think you've done a phenomenal job in a super short amount of time. How much has advertising on Amazon, the Amazon business that you have, uh, not the other business, has it played in the growth of your business, if any at all? Uh, it, it definitely... Um, it, it's definitely helped, especially when I'm launching new products. Uh -huh. um, like last month, for instance, um, I think I looked at uh, Amazon PPC, um, and it was uh, accounting for about 17,000, 18,000 in sales. Um, so it's definitely, I mean, that's, what what is that, a little less than a third of sales? Yeah, and you have decent ACOS on there, ACOS? Yeah, about 6%. Wow. Okay, that's really good. Are you doing all your PPC yourself or do you outsource that? Uh, I have been doing it myself. Um, this past month, I, I hired a, or I got a software program, uh, but I, I'm not, I'm evaluating it this month. I, I don't think it's going to be worth it though, because the, the cost of it is almost as much as what I'm spending on advertising. Okay. You had mentioned off camera, you had said that you have a post-it note beside your computer and you do some stuff with that. What do you do there? So I have a, a post-it note next to my computer screen and uh, I, I write a monthly sales goal on it. And that goal, uh, that post-it note started with 20, 20,000. Mm -hmm. uh, and I hit that. So there's a line through it. And then there was 30 and then there was 50. 
and then there was 70 <laughs> and then there's 90. So the 70 has been crossed off and, nice. and the nine, the 90 still there and the hundreds still there. Uh, so every time I hit it, I, I just cross it off. So it's just a reminder. It's in your face every single day. Yes. Okay. That's yes. nice. What has been your biggest challenge so far in this business? Um, my biggest challenge has just been, uh, obviously there's, there's keeping inventory in stock and forecasting. Um, I, I mean, that, that's definitely going to be the, the biggest issue that I've ran into. Okay. And, um, like I said earlier, the reason I didn't, I didn't dive headfirst into it, um, is because it just seems too good to be true. Yeah. It's working out. I mean, you've got some really good numbers. I got to say your metrics, your profit margins, your ACOS, everything seems to be dialed in really nicely. So yeah, whatever product you have and whatever you're doing, yeah, just keep, keep scaling. That's pretty good. What has been one of your biggest wins? Does anything jump to mind? Uh, I, we talked about the, the creating four packs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, one of my biggest wins uh, was probably about a month ago. So one of the initial products that I started with um, for almost a year, I had no competitors. I had like one or two competitors um, and I, I had a competitor pop up uh, maybe about a month and a half ago. And of course, you wake up, you're looking through um, where your rankings are and stuff like that. And he was like undercutting me at that point by like twenty dollars. And of course, your heart sinks. I'm like, oh my god, I got eight hundred of these units. This guy's uh, undercutting me by twenty bucks. Um, and what what I ended up doing is I said, okay, let me let me turn this around. Let me see what else this guy's selling. And I went in um, to his to his profile to see what else he's selling. And I'm like, okay this just gave me inspiration like these other items that that he's selling i have access to through through one of my through one of my sourcing agents overseas mm-hmm. let me see what i can get him from him for and right now i picked up four items like that and those four items are maybe fifteen thousand dollars a month in sales nice um and i mean that competitor you came in um, I don't know about you, Manny, but I can spot a, a foreign seller's listing from a mile away. Yeah. Just the, just the, the way they're written, the, the wording, the pictures, just everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what it is. Um, and, and that's who that seller is. Uh, but it, it really hasn't impacted my sales too much. And uh, I actually popped up and checked listings the other day. And um, he has a couple verified purchase reviews from, from customers that three two-star reviews um he's just it looks like he's tanked his price all the way down and he's just trying to clear the units out clear them out when you go out and you find these new products what do you use what's a typical launch strategy for you how do you get things going uh once i have the listings up and everything uh ppc um I, i use some tools out there to to look at what competitors products are ranking for what keywords and i'll just bid real heavy on those keywords and uh, initially what I'll probably do is I'll, I'll start with my price either equal to theirs or slightly lower. And uh, if it's lower, once I get a couple of reviews, I'll just, I'll match them or go a little bit higher depending on the quality of their pictures, um, 
and how exactly their item compares to mine if whether it's a, a warranty period or accessories that are included or, or something like that um, and then the early review programs actually helped I know you you talked about that a couple podcasts ago yeah and uh, now I get like an email like a couple times a week you've been charged sixty dollars you've been charged sixty dollars right. so okay uh, it's it's definitely helping to, to gather some reviews on some new items do you do anything outside of the early review program to generate reviews on a new product? No. No, just that, just organically, just letting them come in. So you run pay-per-click. What kind of budget do you set, and what's the PPC amount for that particular keyword, roughly? So a lot of my keywords go for between 25 to 50 cents. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're bidding? Yes. Okay, that's pretty low, actually. That's outbidding your competitors for this niche? Yes. Wow, okay, great. And there's, there's just... I mean, uh, on some of these campaigns, I'll have $10 daily budgets, and there's just there's not enough volume in those search terms to even hit that $10 a day. So one product, one new ASIN, is it typically one campaign, or do you open up multiple campaigns for it? I'll do uh, an auto campaign, and then I'll do uh, some exact match, some phrase match. Uh, broad match, I honestly haven't really even been doing anymore. Uh, it's been almost like a waste for me. Okay. So, all right. Very cool. All right. What are your goals? I know you've got your post-it note, right? You've got some yeah. marks off. I see you got 90 and 100 on there. What would be some of your business goals? So, yeah, um, 100,000 a month is, is a goal right now. Okay. Um, I, I turn 30 next year, so uh, I'd like to uh, be generating a million dollars a year with a company nice. of my own by the time I'm 30. Cool. I get that six-figure monthly to be able to say I'm doing six figures a month. So that's kind of a cool thing too. All right, final question. And this one's going to be, we're going to go a little sciency on this one. If you could go back in time to when you first started this and talk to yourself, what would be the advice you would give to yourself? Order more sooner. Order um, more sooner. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started, let, let's break that down a little bit. Um, when you first started out, you, you're saying you just didn't order enough and you stocked out? Yes, and when I was placing $15,000 orders, I probably should have been placing twenty-five dollars or $30,000 orders. Okay, and um, for somebody that doesn't have those kinds of funds available, would you recommend they go out and get that money somehow? If your business is, is definitely trending upwards, um, like mine has, yeah, okay. 100%. Cool, any final words? Anything that I haven't uh, asked you that you'd like to mention? Uh, no, I don't have anything else. Cool. Well, this has been a great interview. You dropped a lot of nuggets in this one. So I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we'll have this in our FBA High Rollers group as well. We'll tag you. So if anybody has questions, are they more than welcome to reach out to you there? Yeah, of course. Okay, awesome. Greg, well, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. You've been listening to the AM PM podcast hosted by Manny Coates. For more information, insider, insider tools, tools, and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit ampmpodcast.com.